Welcome to Connect, the weekly podcast of the California MBA featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Susan Malazzo, CEO of the California MBA, and I'm very happy that you could join us today. Before I get to today's guest, I'd like to thank our 2023 President's Council sponsors. Now, these are uh, companies that have provided a substantial amount of financial support for the California MBA so that we can maintain our strong representation from an advocacy standpoint for the real estate finance industry in California. So I would like to thank our 2023 President's Council sponsors. That Those companies are Amerihome, ArchMI, Consolidated Analytics, Funding Shield, Incelerate, Guild Mortgage, Rocket Mortgage, and Western Alliance Bank. Thank you all so much for your support that helps us continue to be strong. And with that, I'd like to turn to today's guest. I'm very excited to welcome my friend, Nima Dogbanden from Jurassi Law Firm. Nima, welcome. Thank you for having me, Susan. It's always great to work with you. Uh, we've known each other for a few years now, uh, but I always like to start out with a little background on how people got into this industry. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into representation for the financial services industry. Uh, completely by accident. So I graduated law school in 2010. Uh, this is the very first place I started. I was a law clerk in 2008. Uh, I thought my boss was a crazy person. I thought the industry was filled with other crazy people. And sh- but it was super entrepreneurial, and I loved it. And uh, I started here. I don't know whether there's a better way or greener grass somewhere else. I have yet to find it. So funny. Uh, but here I am 13 years later, and I love what I do, and I enjoy this so much. And uh, yeah, it, it's been great. That, you know, that's interesting. That's, uh, you and I have not talked about that before, but that, you know, I have an association management company, and I had, so I had, you know, I represent different clients like you do. I mean, and so it was different industries and things. And I was like, man, when I met the mortgage guys, I was like, mortgage people. I'm like, they are really entrepreneurial. I can really connect with these people. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're making it happen. I, I was the same thing that kind of attracted me to this group too. Yeah. You know, the really interesting thing, I think probably for both of us is that we get to, I don't think people realize that we're learning from them. And in reality, I feel like I'm getting the best education ever on a daily basis. Yeah. By just listening to their iterative thought process um, it, it really is a unique place to be, and I'm very, very thankful that most of my day is talking to, you know, executives at these mortgage companies who are brilliant people, and they are thinking about new ways to do the same thing, and, and, and it's a blessing, honestly. Right. Uh, you know, the one thing I've, uh, I've always uh, really appreciated about Jirasi Law Firm is that you are always very active with events to educate your clients on uh, on legal trends. Um, what would you say kind of separates you from your competitors in the industry? Yeah, you know, if you've ever read the book, uh, Good to Great, I think that really um, epitomizes our law firm, which is we don't do many things and we, you know, we are the quintessential hedgehog. We do one thing, we do it really well. Um, our entire law firm is predicated on the representation of mortgage lenders. We don't have other practices. All of our practices circle around that core client. 
Uh, and so we are hyper-focused and we say no more than we say yes as a matter of practice because we, um, we want to be the best uh, in this little tiny niche. And I think that has served us really well. Right. No, that's uh, that's that's well said. That's well said. You know, you and uh, and several of the attorneys actually at the firm over the years have been really active with the California MBA. Always grateful for your input from legislative standpoint, legal issues. Um, uh, um, what what would you say are the most important legal issues facing lenders in 2023? You know, funny enough, the answer to this question hasn't changed now for about five years, and that is affordable housing regulations and how they will manifest each year um, continues to throw the curveball because it's really well-meaning legislation. It is typically not um, thrown at mortgage lenders. Uh, it is We are typically affected by them, but we are not designed in, to be in the crosshairs necessarily. So last year, the, the clearest example is there was a 20% mortgage tax that they were intending on implementing here in California, for example. And it was a flip tax that if you flipped a property within two years, they would assess a 20% tax on that property. As a mortgage lender, who cares, right? They're not in the property of flipping properties, but who are they lending to, right? And so it's these real estate investors. And so there's a lot of these downstream effects that I've seen. And year after year, this tends to be the common cause of that legis is legislation saying, how do we bring affordable housing stock in? And you tend to have two legislative responses. And you say, one side will say, well, why don't we offer incentives to develop? Why don't we? And, and sometimes you have a state like California, which tries to do two things at the same time. And they'll say, is, let's permit ADUs and let's permit this, you know, more density and let's let's usurp the county level, which is is, you know, let's offer some carrots out there. And at the same time, you'll have the hammer saying, well, all these speculative real estate people are making too much money. You know, they don't there's there's they're taken from the poor. You know, it's, it's this weird thing. And so you're, you're being attacked from both or not necessarily attacked, but both sides are coming in. Um, and I think that they're well-meaning and generally, you know, they're not real estate people themselves. They don't actually understand the thing that, that they are regulating more often than not. And so they're trying to come up with what they think are good ideas. They generally bring in smart people in the room, the, the CMBAs and the National Association of Realtors and other professionals to try to hone that in a little bit. But sometimes when you're kind of in the crosshairs of well-meaning legislation, and you've seen this, right? The best we can do is try to blunt the force of what's about to happen, right? right. And try to say is, hey, I, I understand that you have to do something right now, right? But but so I I know that that you will not stop at doing this, and we're about, and I think you know you and I could probably see the writing on the wall with, for example, you know we know bank regulations are about to come down the pipeline after these three failures, right? So we know there's a new regulatory regime that's about to step into place, and so I think what you'll see is is hopefully there's just probably a blunting of what what might be perceived as an overreach um, to try to, to stop what are real problems, but but oftentimes overly aggressive solutions to those problems. Yeah, boy, you've wrapped up kind of what <laughs> what we do from an advocacy standpoint on legislative issues, you know, on a very regular basis. It's this notion of, and you said it very well, of educating these policymakers on you have, it's not that you don't have a great idea. It's the way that you've written this bill and your, you know, or, you know, legislation or uh, legal, you know, legal trend, the way that you've written this bill really restricts access to capital or it restricts access to affordable credit, which, yes. you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a complicated industry that you're right. It does, um, it, 
it is it's constant education of people who can you know make make positive changes in our in our state that's right you know as i was getting ready for today's podcast uh i saw on your profile that you are the ceo of lightning docs and uh something i didn't know about you so i'd love to hear a little bit more about that company what what do you do Definitely. So my training from a legal perspective is, is I prepared loan documents for the early part of my legal career. And our law firm prepared them for uh, private lenders primarily, so non-depository institutions. And we would do this nationally. And we were also doing this at pretty significant scale. So we would produce, you know, in, in peak months, you know, up to 300 loans in a month. And so you know, you're trying to find a way to do this, particularly as a law firm, that would mitigate any sort of malpractice risk, right? Like, how can I produce the same set of loan documents that doesn't have weird old transactional data from a previous transaction because one client wants it one way and another client wants it a different way? And, and how can I scale this and do this efficiently? Because as you know, particularly in the short-term duration space, which is most of what we deal with, so loans that are one or two years in duration, um, there, the, the client is really offering, and the lenders here are offering speed. Everything is about, I can execute and I can execute quickly, right? And so they look to us as counsel to say, you need to execute quickly because our promise and our premise is the same thing. And so by the time a loan comes to us, we really typically have only a few days to take it to the finish line. And so because of that time pressure, the, you know, we were kind of looking around like, are there loan, you know, document software that exists that we can kind of harness and look to because in the private lender space, you don't have Fannie and Freddie, you don't have these institutionalized forms. Everyone's kind of ad hoc. And so I needed to kind of figure out a way is, do I have law firm grade loan documents that I can produce nationally and at high velocity? And there just wasn't anything that we could find there. So what we ended up doing at the law firm is we ended up writing our own software. Uh, we spent about three years just nose down and just trying to write all of the coding logic that said, all right, well, what if I have two borrowers? What if I have three properties? What about all these weird facts? Because that's generally what happens in the bridge spaces. You're solving for a short-term transition. Something is, the, the borrower needs to do something. They either need to do some construction or they need to bring in new tenants. They're trying to transition this property to permanent financing or for a sale. And so we had to figure out how to capture all of this information and to be able to produce a consistent loan document result. Uh, and so we did that for the law firm. And then a byproduct, was, well, we just spent all this time, energy, and effort creating a system that could generate loan documents nationally. And we just started licensing it out to our clients who were like, well, I'd like to do what you're doing. I just don't want to wait, or I don't want to A, pay your fees, and B, I don't want to wait on, I want to control everything. I want to be able to generate the loan documents myself so they can get law firm quality loan documents instantaneously, effectively. And that's what Lightning Docs is. And so, um, it's given us really interesting scale. There's about 150 users of it today, um, and they generate about 1,500 loan documents a month. So it's 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 a pretty wild place to be in right now. Yeah. Well, very cool. Yeah. That's a. Um, I can see how it ties in with the law firm, but you know, great piece of technology there too. Appreciate that. So I also see Jirasi uh, Law Firm uh, describes themselves as the nation's leading private lending law firm. So what exactly does the company do for private lenders and how is that different than, than other lenders? So, you know, generally there are two types of lenders. There are depository institutions that are lending out money and then there are non-depository institutions. And for the non-depository institutions, what I would just dub the big bucket of private lenders, right? Privately held companies. 
when they are making loans, they don't have any kind of federal preemption that gives them rules of the road. And so now they're looking at the, the country and saying, I want to make loans nationally. You now need to understand a 50 state framework. And for yeah. me, I consider that full-time employment because that's all I do. It's for understand sure. weird things in, in states. And so, you know, do I need to be licensed to make a loan in this state? And the answer is maybe it's some states do, some states don't. Do I need to be licensed to service this loan? Do I need to be licensed to broker this loan? Can I pay referral fee? Like there's all these questions that come out. And, and the answer is, well, it depends. What state are you in? What state is your borrower in? What state is your investor in? We have all these, these, these state-specific issues. And so because of that, we've become experts in you are a, a privately held company making a mortgage loan somewhere in the country, right? And that really created our niche. Uh, and it continues to be the primary thrust for our business is giving people um, being subject matter experts nationally on this very acute issue. Yeah, great, great. Thank you for that. Um, you know, as I said earlier, uh, you know, you and uh, many of the attorneys at Jirasi have been really active with the California MBA over the years and very grateful for, for your support. Um, can you share with our listeners why you, uh, you choose to support the California MBA? Yeah, California MBA is, is really unique. And so, and, and, and the way you do it is, is, is really admirable. You have, you have associations like California Mortgage Association, which is primarily catered to private lenders in California. Mm -hmm. You have associations like uh, National Mortgage Bankers Association, which caters primarily to institutions, right? And then you have CMBA, which says, I have to cater to both, right? We have private lenders, we have these debt funds that have really unique needs. And then I've also got Amerihomes and these big conventional shops, and, and I've got to cater to their needs, right? And you literally have conferences that do one or the other or try to tie them in together and say, can we try to serve both of these people at the same time? You have agency-backed loans, you have non I mean, it is, it is incredibly complex who you serve, right? It's, it's similar to our law firm in some degree, which is, hey, I'm just kind of representing mortgage lenders, right? And, and, and for us, but you have to service both this highly institutionalized national landscape also down to this very regional debt player or debt fund player. And, um, and I don't know any organization that does what you do and particularly at the way that you do it. And, and I'm not trying to just blow smoke up here, but like, honestly, it's you like, because I don't know anyone who is capable of running, of being able to, to just pivot like that so quickly and to have a conversation one day with a debt fund person and understand that debt fund person to then simultaneously the next day talk to, to you know rocket mortgage and be like let's talk about your you know and to be able to understand which space you're supposed to be in at what time and how to serve both constituencies you are goat <laughs> that's all you need to know Susan. that is amazing Nima. thank you so much for that we appreciate that we love uh you know love what we do to represent the mortgage industry so i uh i'm grateful for your comments thank you and thanks so much for being a guest on connect this was fun same. Appreciate your time, Susan. Take care. And thanks to all of you for joining us on today's episode of Connect. To access any of our past episodes, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. That's it for this week, and we'll see you next time. On Connect.